Hey friends, I hope you're all staying as safe and healthy and comfortable as possible, and that you're taking care of all the people and plants and pets that are important to you. If you're listening to this episode of the People Are the Enemy podcast on the week of its release, then I can say with 100% confidence you are listening to a brand spanking new episode of People Are the Enemy. Because unlike other podcasts, there are no reruns, and there are no best ofs. I am, and have been, and will be, here for you every single week with a fresh episode. Now, this is probably as good a time as any to mention that my podcasting pal, Rachel from Des Moines, who faithfully writes, produces, and hosts the excellent, much-beloved segment that follows my own, that being Rachel's Chart Chat, will not be here next week. But I will be here with fresh content for you, as I have been every single week since January 1st, 2018. Because that is, to quote past guest and friend of the show, Tavy, a.k.a. The Real Tavy on Twitter, the Andy Mascola promise. Now, for those who are new to the program, welcome! I'm the host of this podcast called People Are the Enemy. As I mentioned a moment ago, my name is Andy Mascola. Hello! There are no ads on this podcast, and there is no Patreon set up for it. The only thing I've ever asked of listeners is if you love this wonderful program, and if you'd like to help support it and myself monetarily, and get yourself, or the reader in your life, some quality fiction please consider purchasing any or all of my books. I'm the author of 10 novels that are all currently available in a variety of genres worldwide in both paperback and ebook formats via Amazon. If you don't use Amazon, you can find all 10 of my titles in ebook format at Google Play. Just search my last name, which is spelled M-A-S-C-O-L-A. That's how you'll find me on Google Play. If you've already purchased any or all of my books, thank you, thank you, thank you. I sincerely appreciate your generous patronage. And with all that out of the way... Here's the quirky theme song. enemy listeners. This is episode 284 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Holy crap. It's just you and me. No friends to call. No people to interview. Have I been dying to get on mic and chop it up? Yes, I have been three weeks, y'all. I got stuff on my mind. I want to complain. That's right. You are now rocking with the best. Get into it. You're with me. They don't get it. They'll never get it. That's right. Come on, baby. That's right. It's an underwater dance club. All right, let me fade out. We'll get down to business here. I love it. 
Can I do this gently? Alright, that's about as gentle as it's going to be. Thank you, Quintron. That was a Underwater Dance Club from Quintron. And Miss Pussycat. I'm going to go see them in September. I am so excited. Do you love Quintron? You think Quintron's, like, at all angry with Mark Rebelet or Rebelette, whatever that guy's name is, who kind of does the same thing Quintron has been doing for 25 years? I wonder. Quintron! Yeah, they, I got a ticket to go see Quintron in Rhode Island in September. And the ticket was cheaper than the album. When has that ever happened? Like, never, right? And it's funny, I was thinking before I even started the show with that song, I was thinking, like, you know what? I gotta, I gotta come back. Like, I got stuff to say, so maybe I should start the, uh... Maybe I should start the show with... I got something to say! You know, the Misfits song? Last Caress. And, uh, I was seriously considering it. I must have listened to it three or four times this morning. Of course I've heard it a million times before, but... You know, I was just getting myself pumped to speak with y'all. Why am I saying y'all? I'm from New Hampshire. To speak with you. <laughs> and I was like, I can't, I can't start a happy program. A program where, you know, I'm trying to make people forget about their problems by, uh, by listening to me complain about my own. With a song that, uh, whose lyrics are about murdering infants and sexually assaulting mothers. Oh dear. No. And then I put on Quintron in the car, and I was like, I should start the show with Quintron. Plus, I'm going to go see that dude. Oh, man, I'm excited. I got stuff to talk about. I got stuff here. I got a list. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which, which restaurant story do you want to hear first? The weird one or the bad one? <laughs> I'll start with the weird one. How's that? Because it's uh, it's freshest in my mind, as it happened not last week, but the week prior, when my family and I were on vacation. My wife uh, said, I, I want to check out this Thai restaurant. It's supposed to be very good. So my wife and my daughter and myself go into this Thai restaurant in northern New Hampshire. And uh, there's only one gentleman there that we're, we're greeted by. It's a very small place. And he's wearing a mask. Uh, when I say a mask, you know I mean the uh, medical mask. And... Uh, he says, hello, hello, welcome. He's very, very kind. And on this table, he has set up a, a giant a jar with a pump on it of hand sanitizer. And uh, I think there were some other things on the table, too. I can't say that there were masks. I don't recall seeing masks. But I do remember this, this giant jug of hand sanitizer. And he said, I have hand sanitizer right here. And uh, we said, oh, okay, great. You know, and we're all, you know... Yeah, we, listen, we're, we're very safe people, okay? We masked up, we sanitized, we're, we're, you know, we did all that we were supposed to do when we were supposed to do it. We've been vaccinated, we've been boosted, the whole family, okay? So I, I thought, okay, well, you know, he's being cautious. That's wonderful. I, I appreciate that, you know? And then, uh, and then he says, feel free to have a seat anywhere. And so, of course, we sit down and, uh, and we're, we're sitting down and we're looking at the menu and we, we decide on what we want, and we give our order to the same gentleman that greeted us. And and like a moment later, after we provided, you know, the guy with the, the order, the food that we ordered, and 
he comes over with like the bottle of hand sanitizer and he said i have hand sanitizer here i have it right here <laughs> like oh and he's kind of like hovering it over the table with his hand on the with his finger on the pump and at this point i said okay i guess we're doing this now and uh you know i held out my hands and he graciously squirted hand sanitizer into each one of our palms and we, <laughs> we sanitized there at the table and uh, I just thought it was kind of peculiar, you know? And uh, I didn't say anything to my wife or daughter at the time. And we ordered, and the food was fantastic. It was great. Uh, I had, like, the pad thai. I don't know if you've ever had pad thai, but it's like a dish with noodles and peanuts and sprouts. Almost a little bit, kind of like a soup, almost like a ramen. It's very good. And my daughter had the same thing. And because I don't eat beef or chicken, which it normally comes with, I had it with, like, fried tofu in there. And then for dessert, we'd had something I'd never had before. It was some kind of, like, I think it was called mango rice. And it was sort of like this, almost like this rice, sweet rice pudding on a plate with with a sliced-up mango next to it. And the, the, the deal is you take your spoon and you you get a little bit of that that uh, that rice, that sweet rice, and a little bit of mango, and then you put that in your mouth. And it was all right. It was okay. My daughter and wife had had it before, and they were really into it. But And I didn't say anything, like I said, until we left. And I, I said to my wife, I said, well, he was pretty adamant about the, uh, the sanitizer. <laughs> she said, she said, well, you know, and my wife is, you know, she's very forgiving. You know what I mean? And she's very devil's advocate and very diplomatic. But she did make some good points here. And she said, Andy, you know, it's possible that he'd been shut down for COVID and had to close his business. And it's quite possible that even still, you know, if God forbid somebody had a case of COVID and uh, they mentioned that they'd been at this restaurant, that he could get shut down again. And, you know, I didn't even consider it. But, yeah, I'm sure she's right. Regardless, regardless. It was it was good. And uh, it was just, I just thought it was odd. Okay. Now, the other, the other restaurant story I had... <laughs> And it's weird because I, it kind of gets me more and more upset the more I think about it. This was at Panera Bread. Like, I don't get Panera Bread. I don't, it's, like, it's like a cafeteria, really. I don't understand it. And the, the, for what you pay for, you're doing, like, all of the work. It's like, all right, well, here, take this thing and then go back to your table. When they call you, you get up and you get your tray. And then you go over. It's like a school cafeteria. You know what I mean? And no one's like, and no one's like cleaning the tables. Nobody's serving you. You know what I mean? They're just putting the orders up and then you you have to be like the wait staff, your own wait staff. And you have to go get it and it's on a tray and you're standing there with all these other people looking at each other. You're all hungry. You're waiting for your food. They keep putting trays of food up there wondering what's yours. And this is the other thing. Like everybody walks over and has to like look at the food, you know, and they get right up and they pull the tray close to them. And they're like, don't look at my food. You know what I mean? get your breath all over my food you know this is sandwiches too and like the the dishware is gross it's just so like the color the color of the dishware is gross i just don't like it there was no ice in the ice machine and that you know it's all like i'm sitting there so there's no ice in the ice machine i tell a girl yeah oh, okay we'll take care of it 15 minutes later she comes out with a giant bucket god knows what's been in this bucket Pulls out a little stool, gets up on the stool, is dumping this ice in the ice machine. Like, well, I'm gonna say, like, where did the ice, where did this ice come from? What is that bucket? 
And I was like, there's no, there's no straws? Are there straws somewhere? And then I turn around and I look and like the serving area where the, 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 the cooks or the, the, I should say the, the people preparing the food, where you can see them literally preparing food, which I like. I like to be able to see them. The people who are folk, the folks who are preparing, you know, the food that we're eating. And I see that there's like, like a, a glass full of paper straws, meaning like, you know, sealed straws there. And uh, I go and I grab one and I said, hey, just so you know, there's no straws over in the straw thing over here. I said, do you want me to take these straws and put them over there so people can... And she said, no. And I said, okay. I'm thinking, like, when's everybody else going to get their straws then? And this is the other thing that kills me. I mean, first of all, the decor is awful. It just looks bad. Like, the lighting is bad. And this is the other thing. It's, like, filled with, like, young people, but they're, like really exceptionally good looking that's like i'm like why would you want to eat here why what are you doing here you know what i mean it's either like really like young good looking people or like middle-aged people who look tired that's panera bread panera bread Ugh. and then this is the thing that killed me the seats at panera bread have you ever sit sit in the seats it's got like this is the seat in panera bread it's like a wooden chair right with a, with a with a cushion seat all right and then and then it's got two things that come up in the back and then cross over on the top but that's it so like there's no nothing for your back basically like your whole back is like slipping out underneath the bar at the top can you picture that it looks like a like a like a hurdle you know what i mean you can picture it right just like, like um, you know, just one piece of wood. One lousy, thin little piece of wood at the top. Ugh, Panera Bread. It's so awful. And then you have to, like, you have to go clean up your stuff. And I'm thinking, like, like, my dad and I went there, and I paid for lunch. And it was just, like, it was like a sandwich. I literally got, like, a, like, the only thing I think that I could get, because I'm pescatarian, I could have got, like, a tuna fish sandwich, or I could have got this Mediterranean sandwich. And I had this Mediterranean sandwich, and it was fine. It was fine. But it was just like a sandwich. It's like a measly sandwich, you know, and a bag of chips. And I think my dad did like the soup with the sandwich. He got like a soup, like a bread bowl or something. I don't know what he got. But it was like a half a sandwich and then a bowl of soup. And uh, the whole thing was over like 30 bucks. And I'm like, 30 bucks for what? You know what I mean? Panera bread. Never again. I'm done. Not that I go there that often. I'm just never going again. We're supposed to get together with, like, my cousins and my aunt and uncle. And I talked to my cousin. Then the last time we all got together was at a damn Panera Bread. Like, two or three years ago. And she said, yeah, we'll, we'll be uh, coming through around 1230. We'd love to meet you for lunch. And I said, okay. And I just said, I'm not, I'm, we're not going to Panera Bread again. <laughs> She said, oh, okay. <laughs> she didn't say anything about it. The poor woman. You know, she didn't even say anything. It's like, oh, I'm going to give her an earful about Panera Bread now and my Panera Bread problems. <laughs> and my opinions on this awful dining experience in this awful restaurant with beautiful young people and tired-looking middle-aged people. <laughs> you know, I'd rather go to a pizza place. We'll go to a pizza place. Panera Bread. I gotta switch topics now. I gotta get into it. Where's my switch switching topic song?
Thank you. Never gets old. Love that song. Oh, yeah, I wanted to complain about Dr. Bronner's toothpaste. Suddenly, like, we're a Crest family. We've been, like, Crest for years. I grew up with, like, Colgate. It was all Colgate, Colgate, Colgate. And any time I'd ever tried Crest, if I was, like, at a cousin's house or at a sleepover, and then, you know, I'd be, ah, oh, Crest. Crest just tasted like it was... It, it, didn't it didn't feel like it was doing the job. How's that? Like, Colgate always had, like, a very, very, like, strong, strong taste. This is way back in the day. But my wife liked Crest. She got Crest. We've been a Crest family for years. All of a sudden, I go in the, the bathroom. There's this tube of Dr. Bronner's. You know Dr. Bronner's. You've seen it, right? It's that, uh... They've got those products with words all over. It's like a... It's like a... <laughs> It's like, it's like, uh, the fountainhead is written on this thing, you know what I mean? <laughs> just text all over it, and I understand that's the design. And of course, it's all about how it's all organic and great for you. Whether it's soap, Castile soap, in the big bottle, Dr. Bronner's this, Dr. Bronner's that. I don't know who this guy is, Dr. Bronner. But this toothpaste was not cutting it, babe. Nope. I tried this stuff. Left little like white things all around my mouth. I'm not putting the toothpaste on the outside of my mouth. How the hell am I getting little white flakes around my lips? How is that happening? And I'm driving to work and I'm like looking in the rearview mirror. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Sitting there wiping my lips. 45 freaking minutes on my way to work. Dr. Bronner's. And then it's, again, it's this thing where it's like, it's zero fluoride, because I guess fluoride's bad, even though, like, I grew up in a town where, like, the, the water had fluoride in it. I had one, one cavity my entire freaking life that I don't even think was a real cavity. I think the guy just wanted to make some bread off us. No pun intended, Panera Bread. <laughs> Dr. Bronner's. So, yeah, I'm using this Dr. Bronner's. It's not cutting it, man. And I'm just, like, tasting it. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I don't want to taste my breath. You know what I mean? I don't want to taste my mouth. It's the idea of toothpaste. Like, brushing your teeth fully. Brushing your tongue. And, yeah. Yeah, I'll use Listerine after. Didn't cut it, babe. Get out of here with the Dr. Bronner's. And I told my wife. I said, hey, I really don't care for this new toothpaste you bought. Now, I know I can go out and get my own. Yeah, I understand that. There's a lot of stuff I go out and get for the household. She just happened to get toothpaste, all right? Don't give me a hard time about this. And I was nice about it. I just said, look, here's the problem. I tried this Dr. Bronner's. It's not cutting it, okay? I, can, I feel like I don't... My mouth doesn't feel as fresh. That, and I've got these little white flakes... All over my lips! Why do I have flakes on the outside of my lips if the toothpaste is in my mouth? Dr. Bronner's. I need to take it. I need to, you know what I need to do?
I need a nice cool glass of water. Let me get a, let me get a, let me, I'll tell you what, let me get a glass of water. Maybe I'll give you one more little segment. All right, in the meantime, listen to this. Thank you, Bloodhound Gang. Not the Bloodhound Gang. I wonder if anybody's ever like, I wonder if anybody's heard that and come, oh, you know, oh, I get it now. Oh, that, that, uh, that, uh, that, uh, that, uh, rock rap group there, those, those guys, the Bloodhound Gang. Yeah, uh, with those filthy songs. Who gives a crap? One hit wonders. Got the real thing. That's where it came from, by the way. Do we say rest in peace to Tina Turner? I don't mean to bring you down, but we lost Tina. Shoot, we lost Andy Rourke from the Smiths. Amazing bassist. Damn, man. Rest in peace, Tina Turner. Rest in peace, Andy Rourke. Here's the other thing. like, My wife did a lot of driving on vacation, which I love. I love being driven. I do. I love being a passenger in a car. I don't mind driving. I don't like it. I do it. But she wanted to do the bulk of the driving on this trip that we took. Not last week, but the week prior. And, uh, but damn it, if she doesn't listen to that Harry Styles, those, those three, three solo albums now, over and over and over again. When she first got the first Harry Styles album, I was like, oh, this is good. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. After the 37th time, yeah, it starts to drive me insane. <sighs> I brought my earbuds. I put those in. Yeah, because I can't, I can't handle it, man. I, 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 you know, it would be all right if she shook it up a bit. And you know what? And my wife doesn't have bad taste. It's not like she's she's got awful taste. There's very few artists that we all agree on in, in the household. My wife and I both like Radiohead a lot. That's good. She likes MGMT. That's good. We both agree on that. She loves Vampire Weekend, as do I. I think I mentioned the three of us are going to go see Weezer. So there are artists that we agree on, but the Harry Styles, like, again, I could tolerate it, but... Like I said, she's still listening to that first album. That first album is like seven and a half, what, eight years old at this point? Move on. Oh, God. It's so... It's so melodramatic. You know what I mean? Ugh. What else does she like? And I can take some of this. Like, I can take Silk Sonic. That's the project with um, Bruno Mars. And uh, Anderson Pock. That's a great album, man. That Silk Sonic album. And you know what else I like about it? It's short. It's like it's like under 35 minutes. And it's excellent. It's like retro sounding. Very cool. Bootsy Collins is all over it. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's, there's some good stuff. But yeah, when we were on vacation, it was a lot of Harry Styles while she was driving. And again, it was like, all right, put the earbuds in. <sighs> Be patient, Andy. Your wife is driving. Enjoy that. And I did. All right. What else can I tell you? I'm going to save it. Because next week I got to do 
I gotta do, I get to do my segment, and then I get to do the time uh, that is normally allotted for Rachel's segment. So I'm gonna give you, I give you more. You get to listen to me complain even more next week. Aren't you lucky? <laughs> Woo! At this point, ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna hand things off to our friend, Rachel from Des Moines, and she is going to give you the chart chat. So, without any further ado, take it away, Rachel. Thanks, Andy. Hello, and welcome back to Rachel's Chart Chat for another week. Thanks to everyone who listened last week, especially any Yes fans who tuned in for the interview with Kevin Mulrine of the Yes Music Podcast. I got some nice feedback, comments from Sherry, Tavy, Christine, Jill, and Jeffrey. I'm so glad to have the community of folks who are interested in the 70s and 80s tunes like I am. Well, I wanted to catch up on the 80s chart from last week, which was May 28th of 1988. At number 94 is a song called Only a Memory by the group Smithereens, and that would make it to number 92. The group is from Carteret, New Jersey, and I apologize if I said that wrong. Uh, They're a power pop alternative rock band. And I learned that they are named after Yosemite Sam's catchphrase when he would threaten to blow someone to smithereens. Only a Memory was the first single off of their second album, Green Thoughts. Um, And there's a ton of smithereens stuff on Spotify, but unfortunately not those first two albums. So the group uh, went on to hit the top 40 twice and the Hot 100 four times total. And when this one came up on my playlist that I built out, I thought it sounded like that song Blood and Roses which, uh, me being me, I only know from hearing it in the movie Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion. So I looked it up, and that, of course, is another one of theirs. That was kind of the first one that got them some buzz. This was their first time on on the Hot 100. At number 92 is the song Wishing I Was Lucky by the group Wet, Wet, Wet. That would make it to number 58. Uh, They were a Scottish group, and this was the first single off of their debut album, Popped In, Sold Out, S-O-U-L-E-D, Out. I learned that their band name came from a line from a Scritty Politi song, and I just chose this one because I liked the groove of it and the vocal qualities. I thought they sounded a little bit like uh, Fish from Marillion, specifically on Kaylee. They went on to have another uh, Hot 100 appearance, uh, almost hit the 40. They made it to number 41 with the cover of Love Is All Around from Four Weddings and a Funeral. At number 38 is New Sensation by NXS. This is the third single off NXS's sixth album, Kick. Uh, so this followed Need You Tonight, which made number one, and Devil Inside, number two, and this one made number three. And the first line of the song, Live Baby Live, became the title of their live album, which of course you can read and pronounce many different ways, Live Baby Live, etc. Um, And that's a gimmick that I enjoy from artists such as Neil Diamond and Rush naming their live albums after lyrics. I think this one is pretty well known, but I do always like to uh, beat the drum a little bit for NXS, as it were. And I was intrigued that this one was described as being in the style of funk pop. Now to this week's charts. We're starting off with June 3rd of 1978. And uh, that was a chart that welcomed in one very important listener to the chart chat. At number 85, we have a song called So Hard, Living Without You by the, by a group Airwaves. That would make it to number 62. They were a Welsh trio. This was the first single off of their first album, New Day, on the A&M label. This is their only U.S. Hot 100 appearance. And I learned about some information about them from the Eric Carmen forums, so thank you to those forums users. 
this has a very different sound to me than the, a lot of the other stuff on the chart, and I really I liked it for that reason. And I also noticed that the album cover really does not match the music, at least from this song. I haven't listened to the rest of the album, but very different. At number 77 is a song King Tut by Steve Martin and the Toot Uncommons, which I learned was members of the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. That makes it to number 17. Uh, the song was first performed on SNL, and it was based on the traveling exhibit of uh, King Tut's tomb artifacts that toured around the U.S. Uh, Steve Martin uh, had three total singles that hit the Hot 100. Uh, the other two were more stand-up. They were from his stand-up albums, not music. Uh, this was from the album A Wild and Crazy Guy. Uh, Steve Martin returned to the charts, um, the album charts specifically, with his in the 2000s with his bluegrass records with the Steve, Steep Canyon Rangers and Edie Brickell. And on one of those Steep Canyon Rangers, the bird one, he, they do a bluegrass version of King Tut, so check that out if you are into that. At number 67, we have FM, in parentheses, No Static at All by Steely Dan. That would make it to number 22. This was written for the movie of the same name, and it was recorded around the same time, or the same sessions as the Asia album. I learned that AM stations played an unauthorized edit with AM, which they spliced the A from the, from the song Asia, and that kind of made me laugh. The movie, I think, is not very well remembered. I don't, I don't, it might even be out of print, uh, but the soundtrack album sold a million copies. It's a double album. I think there's some good Linda Ronstadt stuff on there. And I learned that in 1978, Wikipedia states that that was the first year that FM listenership was more than AM. If you like this song, you should definitely watch the Yacht Rock episode about it, which features a feud between Steely Dan and the Eagles. And it does actually contain some factual information, which I think is the best part of that show, is there are facts in and among the jokes. So speaking of soundtrack albums... At number 54 is Grease by Frankie Valli. This was the second single from the Grease soundtrack, and it was the second number one. In all, there was five singles released from that album in the U.S., plus a sixth Sandy in other territories, and four out of those five made the top five. The song was written by Barry Gibb, and the Bee Gees did play it live for a while, and this was recorded after the Bee Gees had done the Sgt. Pepper album, and so as a result of becoming friends with Peter Frampton, they invited him to play on the track. And I learned that the Sweet Inspirations, the uh, female backing vocalist group, uh, also appeared on this on this song. Um, I learned that Frankie Valli had originally been offered the role of t- the teen angel from the Grease movie, but he took to decided to do the title song instead. And the funny thing about that song is it doesn't sound 50s at all. It sounds very of the era, but it somehow works, I think, as the theme. Also from 78, this is not a chart pick, but I just wanted to mention that at number 53 is the Rolling Stones with Miss You. And if you've never heard that 12-inch disco version, it's really worth looking up. The local rock station used to play it every once in a while, and I'd be very happy when it would come on. Unfortunately, it's not on Spotify, which is usually my struggle is I want a single edit of a song and they don't have it. And it's only like some 12-minute version, but uh, it's, it's worth looking up. Uh, now turning to the 80s, our 80s chart is from June 7th of 1980. At a number 91 is a song I Can Survive by Triumph. And 91 is as high as that would get. This is the first single from the Canadian Trio's fourth album. And I'm kind of surprised I haven't featured Triumph before. 
I watched a special on them not long ago on Reel's channel, and I learned that they were just a huge live act in the 80s, um, playing a lot of you know stadiums and arenas in the U.S. and Canada. And I liked really liked the sound of this one. It kind of grew on me after a few listens, and I felt like it has a good message. And I mean, I knew a little bit about Triumph because songs like Lay It on the Line or Fight the Good Fight would get played on classic rock radio here, but there's no reason why this one couldn't have also been too. It should have been in that mix, I feel like. Maybe, hopefully in Canada it is. At number 89 is Time for Me to Fly by Ario Speedwagon. That would make it to number 56. This was the second single from their seventh album called Really. You can tune a piano, but you can't tune a fish. And the album art has a big shiny fish with a metal tuning fork in its mouth. The song was written by lead singer Kevin Cronin, and on the Wikipedia page are some quotes from him about the struggles to get it on an album. Uh, this was the follow-up single to Roll With The Changes off of that same album, which I really like, so maybe I just really should dig more into this album. Um, I learned that Time For Me To Fly has been covered by Dolly Parton on her album White Limousine. At number 76 is the SOS band with Take Your Time, Do It Right. That may get to number three. Uh, this is the debut single for the Atlanta-based funk and R&B group. And their initials, I learned, stood for Sounds of Success. This was their only top 40 pop hit, but they did have four more Hot 100 appearances and then many more hits on the R&B side. And this, this song, Take Your Time itself, was a number one R&B hit. Finally, from the 80s this week, at number 13, we have Steal Away by Robbie Dupree. This will make it to number six. This was the first single from his self-titled debut album, and I'm mainly including it for the rather startling resemblance to What a Fool Believes. Uh, it features as Beyond Rock podcast calls The Doobie Bounce, and the Wikipedia page cites a Washington Post article that uh, states Michael McDonald's publishers had sued uh, but nothing about the outcome of whatever happened with that. Um, Ravi Dupree had one other top 40 hit and then one more appearance in the Hot 100. So I think if you, it's like, if they say, if you're going to steal, steal from the best. So he stole from the doobies and got a hit out of it. Well, that's all for me this week. Thanks so much for listening. Back to you, Andy. Thank you, Rachel. As always, awesome stuff. This has been episode 284 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song and more at pizzapuppies.bandcamp.com. My name is Andy Mascola. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other online book retailers in both paperback and ebook formats for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you, Rachel from Des Moines. We love you. Peace. <laughs>